My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, so welcome back to the show. It's Bachi here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Colin Boyd. He helps coaches and experts become confident to speak and sell on stage. He's also the host of the Expert Edge podcast. Welcome to the show, Colin. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Basha. Hey, it's great to be here. I'm happy to have you here. I'm excited for our conversation. We'll cover what's working, your podcast, your challenges, and your goals. And I'm sure within that conversation alone, we'll have a lot of great takeaways. Before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today? Yeah. So I started life coaching, actually. I started as a life coach about 13 years ago. Uh, and I I was going through a life coaching accreditation and super excited about the skill of coaching and and I, even though no one knew kind of what it was in in my world and the problem was is that I didn't have any clients or I had like half a client I don't know if you've ever had a half a client before where they kind of turn up every other month and kind of don't pay you and do pay you sometimes so I had one of those <laughs> and I was just like. <laughs> I was like struggling, right? So I had this vision. I'm newly married and I had this vision of like creating a business for my life that had meaning and I could make money and, and have freedom and stuff, but I had no idea how to do it. And what happened was I got a, a phone call from a friend who had a presentation that he couldn't do. It was a free speaking engagement. And I said yes to it. I'd never spoken other than at college or, you know, at youth group and stuff. And I, I said yes to it at the night. I, I remember walking up that evening to the speaking engagement and the event organizer runs to me. He's like, Colin, this is the biggest event we've ever had. There's like 137 people in the room. And for me, that was like bad news because I'm just thinking, great, there's just going to be more people who are going to think that I don't know what I'm talking about. And I got up there, I spoke, I did my best and I made an offer. And I didn't realize, but the offer was an irresistible one. And we had a, I had 125 people join the offer out of 137. And then I ended up signing 13 full-time coaching clients from that. And then four days later, Hewlett-Packard called me because one of the executives was in the room and he booked me for a global training day that ended up having five and a half thousand people. That was my first paid speaking gig. And and it was just crazy how quickly my life shifted and changed from that one speaking gig. And then over the last, I would say I built my business for about six years. And then about five or six years ago, we transitioned to the US. So we we went from Australia. I had a dream to build a business in the US, moved to the US. And then to be honest, it was actually through being in the US that I had a lot of people ask me, how do you speak and sell on stage? because I wasn't teaching sailing on stage. And uh, and I started to transition to that. And that led us to create Sell From Stage Academy and really teach people to sell on stage. And and I've had the privilege of coaching the biggest people in the world now, people like Amy Porterfield, Julie Solomon. There's other names that, uh, Anthony O'Neill, other names that I can't mention at the moment, but they're just like, it's been amazing journey. So that's kind of been my my process. That's amazing. So what are you doing differently when it comes to selling on stage that other people are not doing? Well, <clears throat> I think like when I was trying to learn it, there was 
there was a lot of people who taught speaking and the art of speaking and they were phenomenal at it. Like how to tell a great story, how to ask great questions, how to move your body, how to use your tone, like all the art of speaking. It's beautiful. And I love it. And then there were some people who were teaching some selling on stage stuff or to be honest, there wasn't many. I think Dan Kennedy was like one of the ones, but there was a few people that were in that space, but the way they were teaching it for me was just too manipulative. Like it was too um, aggressive, very kind of bro marketer, um, very intense. And it just wasn't my vibe. And so I was like, how do I combine? Because they definitely still had, they got results. Like, like you know, these people get results, but I'm like, I don't want to be like that. Because I'd studied NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. I understand how, to, how language structure works, how to get influence happening in people's minds and hearts and all that sort of stuff. But I, was, I noticed that some people were going too extreme with it and I didn't like that. And so for me, I created this philosophy, which, I, which is what I call infusion selling. And infusion selling is the ability to bring value to a conversation where no matter what, the audience walks away and goes, that was incredible. But also you infuse certain techniques into the presentation so that there's this increasing desire in the audience's mind to want to work with you and take that next step. And so infusion selling kind of came out of that, which is one of the core methods that we use in our, in our selling. Mm -hmm. So can you give me an example of what the infusion selling looks like? What kinds of things do you put in the presentation? I'm very curious. Yeah. So there's a, there's, there's a few strategies. In fact, there's nine kind of big strategies, um, but we'll, we can go through a couple even right now. Um, so one of yeah. them is your story there's most people tell their origin story and their origin story is usually kind of where, where they, where they started, how they built their business, um, a little bit about them, their family, uh, where they studied, like all that sort of stuff. And that's kind of cool to know, but the problem was problem is, is that your origin story doesn't lead to the offer that you help people with. Not, not always. And so I teach what I call a conversion story. And a conversion story is the story that you share that when you share it, the audience wants to do what you do. So the audience goes, oh my gosh, I connect with them. I resonate with them. And then they're like, I want to do what you do in the area of expertise that you help people with. And so one strategy is conversion stories. Um, the Another strategy is what I call micro decisions. Micro decisions are just small decisions that people make throughout the whole presentation so that when you get to the big decision, which is whether you want to join the program or not, it's not as much a big decision. You've been working your decision-making muscle the whole way through. And so micro decisions are specifically points throughout the content where you get people to either positively or negatively imagine the impact that the content would make in their lives. Um, you get them to work out where they are in that piece of content, and then you get them to actually commit to, to that journey. You're not asking them to commit to your offer yet. You're asking them to commit to the journey. And when you do that, it builds this decision momentum. And so that when you get to the offer, they're already committed to the offer before they even see it. That is very cool. Very, very interesting. I love that. I'd love to say, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to watch one of your speeches and just see it in action because that's that sounds sick. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah, do it's you good wish? Fun. Oh, I bet. I bet. And I mean, that's a great, that's a great was ratio, 125 people out of 137 bought the program. That's phenomenal. No, I, no, no, I do have to say, no, with that offer, that was a free offer. So that was what I call it a soft sell. So a oh, soft okay. sell is, it's a free giveaway. 
Um, so, you know, typically with a free giveaway, anywhere between 50 to 80% is a, is like a really good conversion. Right. And so I had like, it was around the 80, 90% um, conversion uh, into the, into a free offer. So the free offer led to the paid offer. Okay. Gotcha. Still, still really cool. Yeah. What do you wish that you knew back when you first started that, you know, now? Um, Oh, what do I wish I knew back when I first started? Um, I mean, I, I, if I look back one of the, I think one of the biggest reasons why I've been able to build our business and see success, I would say is, is just not being continually in rooms that stretch me. Um, we, we run a fairly successful business and I, I'm in rooms continually where I feel like I'm a newbie. And, and if I was sitting in most rooms, I would be the leader in the room. But in the rooms that I sit in, I'm, I'm like, I don't know what is going on, right? Like, like it's just so many levels above in my thinking. And so for me, I would, I would have pushed myself to be in more of those rooms earlier mm. and not be in, not be intimidated by the fact that I feel like the dumbest person in the room. And um, I would say that I would have pushed myself to do that more. Um, I would say to do earlier, I probably would have gone for more media. I really like media, um, like more like building credibility. There's something incredible. Robert Cialdini talks about it with social proof, that social proof is one of the greatest factors to selling. And so I probably would have spent more time in um, in, in social proof stuff and, and gathering more social proof. Uh, and I would say for me, another big thing was, was focusing on leveraged activities earlier. I, I would say I, I've done thousands of hours of one-on-one coaching thousands. And in fact, I have about four clients at the moment in one-on-one and, uh, I, I would have gone more to leveraged activities earlier. So like group coaching or masterminds and things like that, I probably would have gone to that a little bit earlier. Mm. I like what you said about being in rooms where you're, you feel like you're the dumbest person there. That's, mm. that was a huge thing personally that I was working on last year and this year too, is being around more people who are doing a lot better than I am. It's the key. It's honestly the key. Uh, and, and you also got to understand that they are sometimes talking out of their strength. And if, you know, if, if we got yourself or we got me in front of the room and we talked from our strength space, like if you talked about high ticket selling with podcasts or et cetera, if I talked about selling from stage, they would probably look at us and go, oh my gosh, like they're phenomenal, right? Because a lot of the time you hear them talking from their strength, but the reality is, is that like you're comparing it to your own weakness. So I kind of learned, I had to learn that of like, okay, no, I actually am good at what I'm doing, but it's that whole comparison thing sometimes like managing that. <laughs> Oh no, no, I get it. You you forget. I don't know, maybe maybe it is imposter syndrome, but you forget the stuff that you're good at. So you start talking about <laughs> it, and people are like, "Oh wow, like that's so cool!" Like, yeah. <laughs> what keeps you motivated? Um, few things. It would I would say the biggest thing that keeps me motivated is I I I've noticed that I have a very I've I've learned this but I've also noticed that a lot of people who have seen great success in their life have this, 
I have a very strong association with the end of my life. And so every single day I think about dying and not from like a sad perspective. Like I don't feel sad about it. I think about, I'm going to freaking die. And mm-hmm. when I'm, when I'm 95 years old or whatever, or whenever I die a hundred years old, 120, um, I, I'm not going to be worried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be worried about what someone said to me on an Instagram post. I'm not going to be worried about that. I'm going to be worried about, did I really go after what I felt like God put on my heart and in my life? That's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be worried about, I'm going to be thinking about, concerned about, did I show up for the people in my life? I'm going to be concerned about, did I show up for my kids and be present in this journey? Did I love my wife wholeheartedly? Uh, I'm going to be worried about that stuff. I'm not going to be worried about the random comments and things like that. And so for me, I... I constantly am thinking about the end of my life and, and realizing that all of this doesn't really matter. Like the stuff that we make matter so much. And that for me motivates me. And it also helps me to keep perspective. My biggest fear in life is not getting a negative comment on, on, on Instagram or on, on a Facebook ad. I've had that way, way too many times. Um, It is, it is getting to the end of my life and feeling like I didn't live up to the calling that I felt was on my life, that I, that I was, I was supposed to show up for my life. That's my biggest fear. And that, that trumps every other challenge that I have in my life. Um, So that's, that's the thing that motivates me. It's actually, it's, it's a very common perspective that I think a lot of entrepreneurs have is that I think a lot of us are scared that, you know, judgment day is going to hit and, God's like, okay, well, you didn't do the cool stuff that I put you on this earth to do. And then it's like, okay, well, then what? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And for me, it's like, I I, I don't want to miss out on that. Like, I'm like, it's so cool. Even I just did a podcast, which I know we're going to talk about podcasts soon. But I just did a podcast this week. um, It released about the three beliefs that have served me to create success in my life. And one of them is that, is that I can do whatever I want. And I think traveling and moving from Australia to America and, and establishing a foothold in this, in this market, which is the biggest market in the world, I've realized I'm like, I can do whatever I want. Like I could move to Brazil if I wanted to and start a business. Yeah. Like I could, I could live anywhere. Like, and, and we get caught up in, in how we live our life so much. But I realized that there's so much more possibility that we can have open to it if, if we just say yes and go after it. Absolutely. Absolutely. With all of your success, what are some of your biggest challenges right now? Um, I would say for me, it's the biggest challenges. There's like levels as you go through with your business. And I would mm-hmm. say right at the start, the biggest challenges is, is under really understanding your audience, the problem you're serving, how to, and, and how to articulate that to the audience. The second level of problem is selling and set like just getting your stuff to sell um and then kind of the level above that becomes more about team and managing your team um and then the level above that really becomes about just real like market leadership and once you understand how to solve that problem of selling um i think for me the problem at the moment is is when i say a problem like the the, it's never ending problems in business. Like if you don't have a problem, you really probably don't have a business. 
And so for me, problems are just <laughs> inevitable, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. So the for me, I think the biggest challenges at the moment are working out the size of the team, the structure of the team, how I want that to look. Um, where I, I would say the biggest challenge is working out market positioning, like how and what that means is like where I want to be focused on being featured, how I want to how I want to um, feature some of what I do and position it in the market and what I'm known for. Like it's like bigger brand stuff. Cause once you work out the selling stuff um, yeah, that, 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 that becomes like the bigger problem is team. A lot of the time scaling, managing, managing cash flow with scaling because it costs, it costs a lot to scale um, and then market positioning, high level stuff. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite success story that you've gotten for one of your clients? Oh, oh gosh. Um, I'll, I'll share one of my, one of, I mean, there's, there's honestly so many. And I say that, I know that it sounds like a, like, like a tote, like, like me pumping it up, but they literally are. Like I keep like a folder of all the success stories. Oh, um, I'll just share. Sorry. I said, oh, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I take a screenshot of every single success story that my student has, Good. and I do I do that for two reasons: is because um, I want to use it to promote, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. To 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 show that my stuff works. But secondly, it's really good for me just to like I read over it quite regularly and flick through. I've got like a um, just an iPhone photo album, and I just like scroll through it and I just look through people's stories and journeys and stuff like that. Um, I mean, just recently, there's one guy, he, uh, he'd never run an expert business before. Uh, and he's a doctor and, and he actually, he's a, he's a specialist doctor. He works um, with, uh, he works in x-rays and stuff, but he specializes around cancer and mm-hmm. he's just a phenomenal guy, like just a beautiful heart, exceptional at what he does. And he got into real estate and he wanted to help people grow a real estate portfolio as a doctor. So he specializes just with doctors, helping them grow their real estate portfolios. I love that. Whenever someone's niched like that, I'm like, this is going to work. So he Mm -hmm. actually came on as a private client. Like I said, I don't take on many private clients, but he came on as one. And and we designed his first kind of promotion, his webinar uh, and his promotion structure. And, and he did, he ran like a beta offer and, so it was like a pilot program and he had 33 people uh, show their interest in it and book a call. And it was a multi-thousand dollar investment. So it wasn't, it wasn't a small, it wasn't like 200 bucks. It was multiple thousands. Mm-hmm. And uh, 33, it was like 33 people signed up, 33 people joined. <laughs> and he texted me the other day and he's like, dude, is it normal to get a hundred percent close rate? <laughs> 33 people. Oh my uh, gosh! Like, no, that's not normal, but um, that's so cool. So it was just cool watching him and bring his message and his journey to another level to the audience, and that was just that was just so cool. Like that was that, that's just one guy. Um, but then I think about like some of my students in my 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 core programs, um, and you know I even think about this one girl. Her name's Emma, and she helps non for profits, and she helps them to raise money, and works with mm-hmm. women's shelters and works with like, you know, all different non-for-profits. And if she doesn't know how to help them, if she doesn't know how to sell her stuff, she can't help them grow their non-for-profits. And so she'd never ran a webinar before. She'd never done anything like that before. And she, she ran her first webinar. She signed like six clients 
And then she ran a second and third webinar. She ended up doing like $11,000. It was like $11,103 on her, on her next webinar. And then she's just grown from there, like above six figures and stuff from there. Um, and just watching her like really make a contribution into her audience. It's just cool. Like, I mean, that yeah there's just two there's there's tons but uh, that for me i i love it when people share their story it's the reason why i do it yeah and then i'm sure when you whenever you're feeling down whenever you're feeling unmotivated going through all of those screenshots i'm sure helps oh so much so much and and honestly like i really do feel like so privileged for people when they're in my program i feel so privileged that that, that I get to be a part of their journey, right? And they're probably not going to work with me forever, but most people work with me for about two or three years. And, and I'm like, I feel so privileged to be a part of their journey. There's another lady, she helps people find um, and like match with adoptions, like find a, a child. And cause that's mm-hmm. a real struggle. Uh, it's quite technical, very expensive. And she has a phenomenal process. She's, she's adopted like two or three kids herself. She joined our elite coaching program recently and, and she's crushing it, like just signing dozens of clients a month into her programs and just, and just serving so many people. She's got an incredibly integrate product and, and just creating families. Like it's just phenomenal. So yeah. You work with so many cool people. It's awesome. I love it. Let's, because we are slowly running out of time, but let's talk about your podcast. Um, what was the intent? What was the intention behind starting the podcast? We'll start with that. Um, podcast for me was I realized that I'm naturally a talker, mm-hmm. so uh, I think there's different avenues that people communicate with, and language talking is is one of my avenues. I feel very comfortable in that space, so it's easier for me to create content. That's so ease of content design. That was one. Second one is a podcast is very high on the on the content ladder from the sense of if it's video, you can extract the audio, you can extract the video, you can you can extract all of the content and and disseminate it onto many platforms and turn it into blog posts and all that sort of stuff. That was another reason. But I think for me, the main reason was actually to build relationships because like I, I've had some great sales from it and in fact i usually find a lot higher quality leads come from my podcast than does from any facebook ads or anything like that and and there's a lot of stats around that that you know the average income of someone who listens to a podcast is much higher than people who are just like on using different different avenues of consumption and platforms so Mm -hmm. a podcast is average incomes a lot higher and i found whenever i launched masterminds i'm not running a mastermind at the moment but when i've launched masterminds and higher level programs almost all or majority of my leads came through a podcast because you do have a higher quality listener because they're into long form content and they're they're pretty hardcore into development so uh so high quality leads and finally that piece of building relationships and so getting people on my podcast and building a relationship uh, that, you know, you kind of get access to high quality, high level people in the industry when they come on a podcast. And, and if, if you do it right, you start to build a relationship and they've become really good friends over the years. So um, selfishly, it was for me to find good quality friends. 
<laughs> but honestly, I don't blame you. That's part of the reason why I love podcasting so much. The connections that you get to make are you can't you can't do the same thing anywhere anywhere else. You can't go to a networking event and form the same kind of connection that you can when you have somebody guest on your show or you go guest on somebody else's show. You know, it's it's different. You know, you get you get to know people all around the world. It's ah, I love podcasting. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we didn't, we didn't know each other, right? And we connected on social media or you connected with me on social media. And then now we've just spent half an hour together and we we're starting to get to know each other. So like, it's, it's a phenomenal vehicle to get to build relationship. Absolutely. What kinds of topics do you cover on your podcast? Um, well, the podcast is called the expert edge and the whole philosophy around it is giving expert business owners the edge in their business. And so it's a more general expert edge podcast. So I have interviews, um, people like James Wedmore, Amy Porterfield, Julie Solomon. Like I, I try to interview market leaders in the industry. And in terms of the topics that I bring to the content, it's a lot around communication, storytelling, speaking, running. I just recorded a podcast yesterday with this being released next week about running profitable virtual events. Um, so it's a lot around, I mean, that's my space, speaking and storytelling, communication, persuasion. Uh, so there's a lot of content around that. And then, and then a lot of mindset stuff, like beliefs, how to build beliefs, how to create beliefs, break down beliefs, like a lot of belief work stuff. What are some of the most common um, beliefs that people come in that they need to fix when they go into work with you? Um, well, in terms of what I help people with the, one of the big belief blocks that people have is they just feel uncomfortable selling and they, they feel they have a, they have an association with selling as being pushy or salesy or not wanting to come off salesy. And so they have a resistance around it. And so one of the big belief blocks that I always work on with people is, the idea that selling is the doorway to serve your audience on the next level. And until you make an offer, you actually aren't serving your audience at the highest capacity. And so, because until a transaction occurs, until two people come together and increase their commitment towards each other, and the transaction is just a metaphorical or it's a, it's a currency that represents commitment. And when you, mm -hmm. when you bring that currency together and people commit, through currency and money's one of them, then greater level of service can occur. And so when you shift that thinking around selling isn't isn't doesn't have to be pushy. Selling can actually be a beautiful, integrate doorway to serve people on the next level when it's done well. Um, that that really opens up a lot of growth in people's lives. So that's that's one of the first ones I work on with people. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Colin. If you had to give one piece of advice to anybody who is struggling with sales, struggling with speaking, or would like to be an entrepreneur, what would it be? Uh, I would say, first of all, decide that you are a speaker. So that could be literally putting it on your bio that you're a speaker, declaring it to the world. Like it yeah. first starts with just an identity shift of saying, part of what I do is I speak, I communicate to the world. And so declaring that to the world is the first decision that you that you have to make. Um, and then secondly, is that you don't have to wait for an invitation. You can create your own stage. 
And so that could be just saying, hey, you know what, next month, I'm going to run a webinar or I'm going to run a Zoom meeting and I'm going to invite people in my audience to it. And I'm just going to talk about a topic. And at the end, I'm going to make an offer. It could just be a free offer to go to the next stage. And instantly you become a speaker. And um, and then you do that enough times and you get good. And then you'll start getting invited to speak to uh, to other people's audiences. And then, and then your business will grow. All right. Awesome. Once again, and if, oh, sorry, if anybody's looking to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to find you? Yeah. So I'm pretty active on Instagram. So it's just at Colin Boyd, C-O-L-I-N-B-O-Y-D. And if anyone's interested in the podcast, Expert Edge, you can just search Expert Edge on iTunes or anywhere where you listen to podcasts. And uh, the idea of infusion selling, which we mentioned before, um, the easiest place to get started with me is you can check out conversionstoryformula.com. And that would just show you kind of like the the simplest kind of ways to use your story to sell um, without, without being salesy. So uh, they can get started there. All right. Awesome. Once again, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.